0: The science of on the Money Show, what would it be more appropriate than talking about the science of the tender today? If you've got any experience in dealing with tenders—good, bad, indifferent, or downright infuriating and frustrating—like Simon Mantell's example last week, whereby he tended uh, with the uh, food suppliers to SAA to produce, he thought, a cracker to substitute a cracker like a biscuit um, to substitute Wheatsworth crackers, which are made out uh, made by AVI, and SAA has been using. Them, uh, for uh, the air chefs have been using Wheatsworth crackers from AVI for the last 20 years. Uh, it went through a tender process. He got a letter from the acting CEO of uh, of, uh, of the air chefs and uh, to be told, congratulations you won the tender. Uh, he then went to the procurement guys. The procurement guys said to him, you think you've got the tender? No, you don't have the tender. You've won a tender. And sure, you can supply us with some stuff, but no, we're still going to be getting the crackers from Wheatsworth. Um, he then phoned up the acting chief executive there chief executive said, you know what, I sign lots of paper all the time, I don't know what I'm signing. And so it's probably been a mistake. And I'm so sorry about that. He's absolutely spitting mad and he's going through a process in order to get his money back. But we got a very grumpy email today from Louis, who emailed me complaining that before we even start about the science of the tender, he said, please, can you can it? Because neither you nor the attorney know what you are talking about. Because I'm going to be joined this evening by Bulelwa Mabasa from Worksmans. Bulelwa, good evening to you. Good evening, Bruce. <coughs> I just needed to cough, but nice to have you with us.
1: Thank you. Nice. Lovely it, to be please here.
0: Please, it because neither you nor the attorney know what you're talking about. There's no science in tendering. There are no rules or principles, but rather ideas which have evolved over the ages. The
1: only prerequisite are ethical people. Is
0: that a fair comment?
1: Not at all. Um, it's not a <laughs> fair comment because tenders are, in fact, regulated by a myriad of pieces of legislation, um, the top of which is um, our constitution, Section 217 of the Constitution says if you're a government entity and you seek to – I'm paraphrasing – and you seek to provide goods and services, procure goods and services, you've got to follow a process that is fair, that is equitable, competitive, cost-effective, and transparent.
0: I'm not a lawyer, but I see loopholes you can drive a truck through there.
1: You may say that, but – our courts have done very well in interpreting what fairness would mean in okay. in 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 in, in, a, in circumstances of each case, and what transparency would mean. So, it would be very difficult to um, say um, unequivocally what fairness is in a vacuum. So
0: Why, though, do tenders so often go wrong? And we, we, You can't mm. pick up the Sunday Times on any week and not see a good couple of tender stories. Plus, uh, you page back far enough in Business Times, there are hundreds of tender application processes. Um, the, the places, you know, the tenders feed the life and soul of of the Sunday Times. And yeah. it, it is a place fraught with, with complexity and fraught with fraud, potentially.
1: Absolutely. And I think um, the... <laughs> The issue is that procurement um, committees are often made of individuals that are not well-versed in the legislation that governs them. I mean, that
0: in itself is diabolical because he has a procurement committee Mm -hmm. whose job it is to oversee the tender process
1: and it doesn't know the rules. It, uh, not only that, it's, it's, not, it's not a case of not knowing the rules. Firstly, you need to know the legislation that governs um, what you're about to adjudicate. As I mentioned before, you've got the Constitution. You've got um, the Procurement Framework Act. I'm also paraphrasing the Act. It's, it's, you know, it's too long. But you've got the Procurement Framework Act that says you must design a policy that will be publicly available, that will make it clear to whoever is a potential tenderer what the rules are. And also, over and above that, you've got other legislation that says you've got to act reasonably, you've got to show fair procedure, and you've got to treat each and every potential tenderer with equal treatment and take steps that are reasonable. It, it I think the travesty that you're talking about comes from the fact that if you are an aggrieved tenderer, you've got to, A, first you ha- you have the hurdle of accessing the courts, which is – always an expensive process. It's always time consuming. It's always lengthy for um, a judge or in other instances, a a bench of, uh, of judges to first interpret and then get to the right answer. So the question is, do we currently have a tender system generally that enables and empowers people at the cold face, if you like, of procurement that actually understand what the implications or decisions are? Are the laws too complicated? The laws are certainly not complicated, um, but I think spoken m- as a lawyer, of course, <laughs> because if they were simple, then the procurement,
0: uh, the procurement committees. There would,
1: is a caveat. The okay. laws are not complicated. However, a lot more could be done to simplify them and to make them understandable to the people that actually, at the end of the day, have to implement um, the laws. Okay, so here you've got these these procurement committees. Now, we go and we've got
0: to look at the, the biggest story at the moment in, in Tender World, um, and that is Sasa. Mm -hmm. Um, A company called AllPay, which is a subsidiary of APSA, and another company, which is a subsidiary of NetOne UEPS. Mm -hmm. Now, NetOne UEPS, a subsidiary, won the right to distribute the tenders on behalf of Sasa. AllPay got uh, its red knickers in a twist and got very grumpy, uh, went to court. The high court said, yeah, we can see that there are irregularities here. Yeah, but it would just cause chaos to overturn it. And Look, it took the constitutional court to make a rule and a sensible ruling on it last
1: week. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple of principles that um, the courts have found along the way. The one is, and I think related to the question that you've asked is, sometimes even though there has been a glaring, unlawful act that has found to be wrong, um, unfair or, or um, in terms of procedure or unreasonable – there are instances whereby time has elapsed too much time has elapsed to ma- that makes it difficult for courts to try and unscramble the egg, if you like. So, whilst you you know tenderers do have um, refuge or can find refuge in the courts and in, in in the court's ability to 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 overturn decisions that were wrongly made, um, there are instances that would would in fact. Um, become a a miscarriage of justice if it if, if, if those decisions were to be unravelled, if you like. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think the High Court thought about it that hard. Um, the, th- mm. the Constitutional Court certainly
0: applied its mind more successfully to to the particular challenge and said, basically, uh, net one, you are obligated to continue mm. delivering the service up until a point that the tender process can be uh, reignited and redone. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not perfect, it's not ideal, but certainly it's the right solution, you yes. would think.
1: The courts try um, as much as possible to be pragmatic and to make decisions that are that, that um, can actually be practicalized. So um, we have found uh, courts that have um, made uh, decisions that um, have have made it um, possible for justice to be carried forward, despite um, issues of you know a balance of convenience not favouring the the reversal of the party or time you know having elapsed. Um, or in fact, in some cases, in, um, you find that by the time that the case reaches, um, this higher court, the Supreme Court of Appeal or the Constitutional Court, the tender period has elapsed.
0: Are there sufficient guidelines when it comes to the pricing of tenders? For example, one looks at many of the the, the tenders that are issued in the outsourcing of deals. Mm. Once an entrepreneur goes and gets a deal, he goes, right, now what do I do with this? I've never done X, Y, Z in my life, but I ticked mm. all the boxes. Mm. Um, I've got myself a tender, so let me give it to companies A, B, and C to do the job for me. I'll take my 10%, 15% cut. They'll make their money. Mm. Nobody, nobody will ever be any the wiser. The, 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 the system seems to have been corrupt. To, to a large degree um, through that sort of process where people are not qualified to get the yeah. tenders that they
1: claim. In fact, um, Worksmans has represented um, you know, a myriad of clients that uh, we successfully, um, where decisions have been challenged in various courts, including the Supreme Court of Appeal. And in that case, I think it's important to state that for any tenderer that participates in a tender, they need to understand the rules of the game, if you like, and that is the request for um, proposals, which is a document that gets issued. Um, t- and every tenderer within that document will have all the information that sets out um, the criteria, technical criteria, financial criteria, and so on. And. Yes, that still is not um, does not guard against the the system being um, abused, if, if if you like. But certainly, the RFP document is a document that's there in all the tenders that sets out all the rules.
0: Is it possible to to say how corrupt the tender process is? Are ten percent of tenders are they corrupted? Or twenty percent, fifty percent? Is it? 70, no, I 80%?
1: think is, I is think in in the legal world to use the word. Um, corrupt as opposed to the political world is is not the same and um, corruption is fraud in effect and legally you cannot make such allegations unless you have evidence um that points towards that i didn't you say can, that, i
0: didn't say the tenders were corrupt i said are oh, they being corrupted which i think is a subtle difference
1: sure okay tenders are they corrupted i think that's probably a hyperbole i think they are misunderstood and um i think that more should be done to educate the, the tenderer and um, government institutions that are in the business of, okay. of issuing tenders. Now, Aslam works in government. Okay, okay. So, so you get lots you, – you send out
0: requests, Aslam, I'm assuming, in Athlone. And yeah. You say to guys, I, I need a tender to supply biscuits for ministerial teas for argument's sake. And, yeah. and you get 20 tenders that come through saying we can supply the biscuits. Um, yeah. what, what goes wrong?
2: There's a lot of things go wrong, and and a lot of it is quite simple. Um, for example, uh, the the bid specification says that you need to supply uh, certified copies of, say, for example, your PE certificate. Um, and uh, you know, so, so there's two options. You know, when it comes to small tenders or you know, minor things, you you just you know you, you can probably just rule out whoever didn't certify this stuff. But for example, if the difference between the 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 two bidders of say a few million rand and and a, a certified copy makes in the difference, you know. You say you, my view is that government should have a bit of discretion to say, okay, there's no certified copy, but please supply a certified copy within a day or so. And if you can do, you can still quite, you know, you can then consider that. All, the biggest reason why bidders get out is they don't provide said uh, uh, original tax clearance certificates. They have tax clearance, but what they do is they. Do a color copy because, you know, they have to pay So I think, uh, 200 rand per copy. I'm not sure what amount. But uh, original tax clearance certificates is by far, by far the biggest criteria for disqualifying bids. And second is is generally certified copies or, for example, JV agreements. And people, people just like get it.
0: the basics wrong and as a result are automatically excluded. So you could have the very best bid on the table, Aslam. Yes. But you're forced to reject it because the photocopy is the wrong
2: color. That, absolutely, and and what I'm saying is sometimes it's a it, it makes a difference of millions of rands. I've seen cases like that, and and for example, if I had the if I had the power of just using my discussion to say, okay, give me a, give me an original tax clearance within two days, otherwise you're out, you know. And I'm sure they would have they would have been able to do so in 99 percent of cases. Or show me your copy, the original BE certificate, and then I can verify that it's correct. That would then tip the scales and, you know, to give perhaps a qualifying bidder or a cheaper bidder, uh, you know, that advantage. Unfortunately, these are these are the kind of things that, that, that disqualify so many and I wish there was like a government help desk you know <laughs> I, we've, I got, a, a we've got a presidential
0: helpline help Aslam use that um, yeah, Aslam yeah. and Athlan, thank you so much yeah. for your call very helpful this evening I mean it, it makes some valid points and I've heard of this, um, of exactly this process being gone through where you don't get the best bidder because um just somebody who's done a thousand tenders before know knows exactly what the rules and requirements are so all they do is tick the right boxes
1: and they get the deal that's certainly not what is designed by the system, and I'm glad Aslam asked the question that he did because there was, in fact, um, a case which was handled um, by workmen's by myself, in fact, where a tenderer was disqualified precisely because of the reason that Aslam set out—you um, know, failure to attach a tax certificate—and the law is very clear on this. Um, there is a, the, the leading case on this is a Lindbro case, which specifically and explicitly states that. The, require, the formal requirements of a tender, for example, your tech certificate, your BE certificate, non-compliance with that should not result in somebody who could have been the best bidder to be disqualified. But don't so, you have lots of these
0: tender processes and the committees and they sit and they get a 1,000 tenders a week and they're processing and they're processing, it, and they're coming across the desk, and they're mm-hmm. coming thick and fast. And suddenly, this doesn't comply; chuck it out.
1: Next, this one complies; let's do it, stamp it off. We that go. is illegal. That is illegal because it may be illegal, but that's in practice what happens. It does. It? it does happen, and it brings me back to the point that I made earlier to say the unfortunate part of this is fixing and a clear injustice that, that 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 happens like that is costs money. Sure, it costs time, and it costs a lot of patience because you often more than. Um, more often than not it takes you two years at least before you reach a stage where you are heard by a court that is able to correct, um, the, the, the miscarriages of, of, of justice in, in the context of tenders. Um, so, so the point is that it is really not good enough for the law to be known by the bench or by attorneys, um, when in fact the people that are at the cold face of 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 the system of tenders are tenderers and officials of government who really do not have the requisite mm-hmm. um knowledge on the on 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 the on the principles that that should be um implemented chantelle mergens on my twitter
0: account says tenders often have a large fee required to get the tender documents yeah. which rules
1: out legitimate good small businesses that seems like the lunacy as well it is and i think the irony of tenders is that whilst on the one hand it it should be an environment that promotes small business most of the um Technical criteria is that one must show experience and know-how, um, financial muscle, and ability to carry out the um, the the, 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 t- the tender. Which is understandable because you don't want um, people wasting your time
0: going through a tender process, winning a tender, they're not delivering. You you need absolutely. I don't, I don't know how you get. The it's first a fine tender. balance. Yeah, you got to get the first tender somehow, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's you know you need the experience to be able to deliver. Surely,
1: absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. So
0: where, we, where do we sit then in the world of tendonitis? then right now? Because we look at the Sasa debacle and it has been spectacular. I mentioned um, the issue where uh, Simon Mantell, the guy from Mantelli's Biscuits, gets a signed tender agreement. And I've seen the document. And the, the guy who signed it said, well, sorry, I signed too many documents. I don't remember signing that. It's a mistake. Yeah. Um, where, does, where does a guy like Simon Mantel sit then?
1: Unfortunately and it it sounds ironic um me saying this as an attorney but um the best possible way to reverse any injustice, such as the cases that you've quoted, is a through legal representation. Not everyone's the money
0: all the time to go and sit through a legal file.
1: That, that, that is true. Yeah. But number two, you, 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 it's not just an issue of legal representation because procurement law as an area is a specialist area where not all legal represent, re, um, representatives are well-versed in this area of law. And Number three, the area is growing every day. Every day, court cases and decisions are made in various courts, and it's a pro, it's, it's it's a fast progressing um, form of jurisprudence that's um, that that happens every day. And is the
0: pro, is the proportion of tender disputes as uh, as part of the court role growing?
1: Absolutely, I think
0: without a doubt. Which shows that the system is fraught with we're fraught with with issues that need to be
1: resolved, and who would it be? ultimately has to take responsibility. Look, I don't think um ultimately this is um taxpayers' money. This is is tenders are um implemented um from the government coffers. I think it, it is within government's interest to ensure that the tender system works because government is not in the business of being in court. Go, although, and, it spends spent an
0: awful <laughs> lot of time there. You would think that it was, it was sort of keeping the courts busy because the courts aren't nearly
1: busy enough. Work, workshops with every procurement department, in my view, ha, are not only crucial, but they are essential. So save the money on legal fees by being preemptive uh, and get the
0: workshops done and you'll save yourself money on legal fees over the longer term.
1: And the, here's another irony. It it doesn't affect government. So these goods and services are procured from the corporate sector. So there is no winner in having a tender system that effectively ends up in courts, And you say
0: there's no winner, but I, I, I look at it and I go, there are civil servants who are no doubt beneficiaries of some unscrupulous tenders. There are corporates that will be beneficiaries of unscrupulous tenders. There are people's bonuses depend on these. Who lines. end up in court, Bruce, because some... In w- cases where people can afford to take where, the absolutely. So you pick your tender carefully enough, yeah. uh, and you can dodge the whole court system and make an absolute killing. Um, the structure of it needs to be revamped quite substantially. Absolutely, without a doubt. Buleola Mabasa, great to have you in the studio with me this evening. Thank you. She's Lovely a, to be here. She's a director at Worksman's Attorneys, debunking lots of the myths around tenders. I've learned a lot about tendinitis this evening, um, but it is a big issue in South Africa. So many, you know, let's look at the newspaper stories on a regular basis, and they're tender issues every single day because the officials, the people on either side of the deal are either corrupt or incompetent, neither of which has got to be acceptable.